Welcome to Back Window. I'm your writer, narrator, Mike Hill. This episode is called More Food, Foolishness, and Philosophy. Don't worry about the philosophy part. I never dive too deep. If you enjoy this episode, share it with a friend. If you don't, share it with an enemy. It's a win-win for me. I found out today that there's a Dunkin' Donut place going up near the food lion. Now that's great, and I can't cast aspersions on Dunkin'. They make as fine a cake donut as anyone on earth. There's only one word that kicks the legs out from under that last sentence. Donuts should not be made of cake. They should be made of fat and air and sugar and then glazed with more sugar and come in a green and white box filled under the hot and ready sign. Shoot if you must this old gray head, but save our Krispy Kreme, even though they're neither crispy nor creamy. Who can blame me for increasing my span of inches as I expand my years? Pop culture uses terms like gourmet or gourmand or foodie. I don't hang my belt on any of those terms. I just like to eat, and Southern culture lends me every opportunity. I grew up in the land of looks like it's going to be a hot one, and I'm older than air conditioning. Way back in the 1950s, when the boys on my block were dripping with sweat in July and August, there was a sound that would promise a few minutes of welcome cool. On the hottest summer days, my generation dropped everything when we heard the ooga horn of what we call the snowball truck. In those pre-regulated days, some enterprising local would stop by Culp's Ice House and load a 100-pound block of ice on the back of a pickup. Armed with a specialized scraper, plus a rack of flavored syrups, he was in the snowball business. I would gladly pay my nickel, and the man would drag the hand scraper across the ice and pack a paper cone with the shavings. The hard part for me came in selecting the artificial syrup flavor from the colorful bottles. Cherry and grape were my favorites, but sometimes I would venture into the more exotic colors. Because the flavored syrup drained down into the paper cone, and I'm an impatient soul, I would often knock off some of the almost flavorless ice ball to get to the real taste. When most of the ice was gone, those of us who were snowball veterans would bite the bottom off the paper cone and let the last of the syrup drain into our mouths. I was not a tidy child, and my aim was not always great. Mom would take one look at my shirt and shake her head. Once Dad met me at the door, took one look at me after a cherry snow cone and said, Son, you look like you've been in a fight. I'm grown now, and my shirts aren't snowball stained anymore. They're stained with barbecue sauce. We grown folks in this intemperate region love pork any style. From real country ham with its salt meets bacon meets cardboard goodness, to the pig-picking pork loin, rich with dripped fat and tender as a teenage love note. Southerners will shame you if you call something a barbecue just because it's cooked on the grill and fight you over which sauce is best. Carolinians love a rich, sweet, ketchup-based sauce. 
No, wait. Make that a spicy vinegar brown sugar sauce. Hold on. Ladle on some of that famed South Carolina mustard sauce with its tangy, sweet, low country bite, and I'm taking some home for a friend. And slaw on the barbecue sandwich or on the side, made mostly with white cabbage, although a little of that purple's okay just for looks. Throw in some sugar, some apple cider vinegar, and some Duke's mayonnaise, and it's honey hush, as my daddy used to say. We like our vegetables too. We just like them flavored up a bit. Okra is basically an inedible woody seed pod, but batter it with cornmeal, deep fry it, and salt it up good, and it's the devil's own popcorn. When there's a mess of collard greens boiling on the stove, it's time to sit on the porch. It was a brave soul who thought, well, maybe they'll taste better than they smell. Thanks to cooking them with a big chunk of fat back and serving them beside the Texas peat pepper sauce vinegar, I have learned to endure them. The best thing about collard greens is that they're usually accompanied by black-eyed peas and cornbread. Put a little of my mama's chow chow on the peas and a big glob of butter on the cast iron baked not sweet cornbread and it's New Year's Day all over and the future looks bright. Maybe I need to back away a little so I don't gain five pounds thinking about that. So let's have a drink. Now I know outsiders think we love our sweet tea, and they're right, we do. But we're open to other drinks. We don't have a soda or a pop. If we want a carbonated beverage, we might say, let's have a Coca-Cola. And a Coca-Cola might be a Cheerwine or a Dr. Pepper. We're also partial to our beer. I'm not talking about those RPGs or whatever they're called, but beer in a can pulled from the depths of a cooler so icy it burns your hand. Put a cold Miller or Paps Blue Ribbon or even Budweiser in a koozie and we'll poke the fire and tell you stories about Big Bob and the Cooler Moccasin. Good story, but it does need some beer and a fire. Boiled peanuts used to be a delicacy found only at roadside stands on the way to the beach. Now it seems they're sold from slow cookers in every southern convenience store. They're not bad, but will never match those cooked in a big cast iron pot suspended over a fire. Atmosphere is everything. Folks passing through from up there turn up their sophisticated noses at soggy, salty peanuts but they're mostly the same people who think shrimp are white, headless creatures who live on top of shaved ice. Now you might think from my writings that I just like old things. That's not entirely true. I like some new things. Well, just Saturday morning, I went by the Fort Mill Farmer's Market and bought some heirloom tomatoes. That's sort of new old stuff, but it's a start. And what if I do recall the times I found joy in great food or swimming pools or playground baseball? If you'd rather suffer old wounds and relive the bad times, there are plenty to go around, and I invite you to write about them. Over near Kershaw, there's a gold mine. There is gold in them there hills, but mostly there's dirt and rock. Tons and tons of dirt and rock. It takes considerable work to coax the grains of gold out of the tons of not gold. Let's do a little experiment. 
There are two choices in front of you. On the right is a mound of dirt, 30 feet high, and on the left are two one-ounce gold coins. You can choose. Remember, there's a lot more dirt, and those coins are tiny in comparison. I won't extend a metaphor that's already at the breaking point, so here's the thing. Our lives are often dreary or sad or dangerous. There are disasters both personal and global, and there are days and days of just days and days. Squeeze between the mundane and the tragic or the magic bits, the seconds or minutes or hours of joy and laughter. All of those harsh days, all those monumental losses are always going to be there. Time may erode away some of the heartache, but it is always with us. It's my job to find those bits of joy and laughter, tiny flecks of gold we all have, and to refine them into a few valuable memories. For those who choose the gristle of life and want to see the bleeding edge, there's the nightly news broadcast. There you'll find 27 minutes of man's inhumanity to man and three minutes of Isn't That Nice? For those who want stories of hope and times of humor, come with me. Grab your pick and shovel, put on that helmet with the light on top, and let's dig up the shiny parts.